0: Good morning, crypto.
2: Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from some of the most handsome, sunglass-wearing people in the crypto community. And today, we're going to be talking about two very specific topics, and we're going to do a little bit of an unorthodox show because we are live from the 2023 Freedom Conference And while I am getting this pulled up in the background, Johnny, I'm going to kick it to you for some introduction. So, Johnny and Gonzo, how are you feeling? And feel free to take those shades off.
3: Well, let me tell you guys, first of all, it is hot ass and sunny out here in Arizona. We couldn't see where we were going. We were sweating. We had to rip the sleeves off. But yeah, okay, we'll take these things off so we can see a little bit better. But yes, it is really hot and sunny out here. Abs is a beautiful place. Love being here.
4: What's up, everybody? Good morning. Yeah, just super excited getting to meet everybody this morning. I ran into Andrew Cashflow down in the lobby of the hotel, so that was awesome. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a quick show, but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be awesome. Eth broke two k.
2: Amazing, guys. And we are back. We're just getting the background set up so we can show our listeners. But guys, we got 135 live listeners joining us on this morning. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We do not miss an episode. And if this isn't clear evidence of that, I don't know what is. But guys, we're going to start this show off with an interesting article about how Twitter is adding payments, is adding crypto payments to their platform. But before we even do that, we're going to dive into a quick XRP lawsuit from one of our friends, John Deaton. Here we go. Well,
0: according to Ripple, the only way they settle is that, and I don't think it's a matter of how much they pay. The only thing they, they said that the SEC would have to agree that XRP, ongoing and future sales of XRP, including in the secondary market when I traded or anyone else does from Coinbase or any other exchange, that those are not securities. And unless there's that agreement or that stipulation made, Ripple will not settle. So... I don't see the SEC agreeing to that. That's why I don't see a settlement. I see a settlement after a judgment. So if the judge comes down and she says this or that, or she says there needs to be a jury and this is going to hang on for a couple more years, then maybe the two can get together to come out with some compromise. But at the end of the day, a settlement is just between two parties and doesn't have any precedential effect on other tokens.
2: And we're going to play the remainder of this clip, Johnny, but this is something we've talked about throughout the week. Ripple is not incentivized to settle while the SEC should be doing everything they can to get a settlement in this Ripple versus SEC lawsuit for one reason in particular. And that reason is that if they do settle with Ripple, that cannot be used as precedent for future cases. But if this does go to a court ruling and we get a ruling from the judge, such as a summary judgment, which we've been talking about, They're going to use that for precedent on crypto cases in America going forward. And Johnny and Gonzo, since you're both on the screen, I'll give either one of you a chance to respond. How do you feel about John Deaton's video and claiming exactly what we've been saying on our show? The SEC should be incentivized to settle. We've got no indication of that.
3: No, and really, Abs, they're not incentivized to settle because right now they think they have a strong case. They actually think they have something because if they thought they were going to lose, they would settle. And the fact that they're not, actually, I agree with John, I think with John Deaton. I agree that I, until the SEC sees which way the judge is leaning, so when the judge finally makes that first ruling, that's when you're really going to see what's going to happen in this case because now both sides are going to say, oh, shit, the judge is either leaning on my side or leaning away from me, and then that other party where they're leaning away from is going to want to settle. Here's the problem. If the judge is leaning away from Ripple – then they're not going to want to settle because they don't want, we know what they don't want. They don't want this thing being listed as a security. But if the judge is leaning away from the SEC, then maybe the SEC says, all right, you know what? Now it is time to settle because we don't want to lose our teeth. And as we know, if the judge rules in favor of ripple, that's going to set a, what we call like a minor precedence, which means other cases can then point to this. And it takes a little bite away from uh, the SEC in the long run. But Still not as much bite as if it goes to an appellate court. Then they lose everything. Their teeth are completely ripped out of their mouth. But I don't think we're ever going to get to that step. Let me
2: give you a chance to respond. Yeah. No,
4: I I mean, Johnny was very eloquent with that. So the only thing I'd add to that is, um, you know, I, I said this really long time ago. You know, Brad Garlinghouse has a responsibility to Ripple, right? Not to the crypto markets. If those things line up, then great. But ultimately, his responsibility is to Ripple. And if so, if he has to settle and he's going to do what's in the best interest of Ripple, then as a good business person and me just using common sense, that's what he's going to do, right? And if that aligns with the crypto market, great. But if it doesn't, he's not here to save the crypto market. He's here to do whatever he can to push forward Ripple and, and, and XRP because of ODL.
3: Yeah. I got just just one comment to wrap up. I think Ansel makes up a great point there is we know Brad, though, I think, wants to try to help promote and save the crypto market. And I think his, his probably first intention is, hey, if we can do it, let's do that. But if we can't, he's ultimately going to have loyalty to Ripple. And ultimately, he has to do what's in the best interest for that. Speaking of the best interest, I know everybody wants to know if this is real. And yes, and I, just, I can't do this all the time, <laughs> say, but it, it's That's real. I it doesn't yeah. even
2: move. It's really yeah. good, but it is it real. Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never doubted it for a second. And if I did... Listen, I never got to touch it, so I can't prove it. Guys, one of the she things that I
4: get mad, she's, only, she's the only one that's allowed to touch my hair.
2: Her and Johnny, Shelly and Johnny. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> this is a comedy special from Arizona this morning, and I wouldn't have it any other way, but we got 210 live listeners joining us. Thank you for being here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And ironically enough, Johnny Crypto, we spent the entire week talking about Elon Musk and the potential of adding payments to Twitter. Well, what is the big news out of today? Not that eToro suspended XRP trading, but instead eToro is going to be adding payments to, to Twitter during this collaboration. I'm going to play a 30 second advertisement here and then go right back to the group. Here we go. Audio is brutal on this thing. So I'm just going to let it play while we commentate on this. Johnny Crypto, for the longest time, we've been talking about how Elon was going to add payments to crypto to Twitter. Dogecoin would be the first currency that we're watching. And ironically enough, they did not add Dogecoin to Twitter during this announcement. But eToro partnering with Twitter, also known as x.com, this is a massive move for our industry. And I know Gonzo can break down some details, so I'd love to start there. And then we'll kick it to Johnny.
4: Yeah, you know, he's already said we know that. So if you look back at the history of Elon Musk when he created PayPal, right, and the whole PayPal Mafia, The whole point was to create like a payment system that was outside of the regular system, and it just didn't work out that way, right? ended up just kind of funneling the fiat system, and so I think this is his second chance of doing it. Uh, I have a friend, I was telling you guys this morning that uh, is Chinese, and he has WeChat on his phone, and they do everything from that app, like payments, they get their news, there's all this stuff that's part of that app, and I think that he's trying to kind of turn Twitter into basically WeChat is the way it looks to me.
2: Absolutely, Gonzo. and We got Andrew Cashel, aka the Cashflow King, joining us straight out of Arizona. So, first of all, Andrew, how you feeling? And what are you most shocked by in America? I'm sure you haven't been here for a while. Does anything catch you off
5: guard about the United States? Hey, good morning, everybody. I really can say good morning now. It's it's amazing to be here, and I'm really looking forward to be uh, to be in the gym. And you know, you I met you guys already in the in the hotel this morning. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, what's what's different? Actually, I didn't flew to the US for more than three years. Cars are maybe a little bit smaller, but further, I love the country. I love the sunshine here. It's it's fantastic. Thank you to be a member of this team. Awesome, Andrew. And we're happy to
2: have you. And guys, check out this update for XRP out of Waters Above just yesterday. And Gonzo, I know you're a huge fan of Waters, as am I. So to see him put out these price targets, it's always exciting as an XRP investor. But let's put a realistic approach on this tweet. Waters Above tweeted out, Dear XRP Army, I told you that $0.54 cents would happen, and it did. Then I told you 83 cents is next. For the past five months, I've been saying that I expect at least 91 to $1 XRP in 2023. And to most people, this doesn't sound exciting. I know it doesn't make you want to jump and click your heels together. But if you want to fantasy price targets, you're not going to see it here. There are plenty of channels that promote the 589 price targets, but Waters Above and Good Morning Crypto, we keep it realistic. Waters said, my work is dedicated to revealing all aspects of the human mind and behavior that prevents 99% of investors from becoming successful in this market. And Johnny Crypto, I heard a really interesting interview yesterday from one of the most successful traders, not only in crypto, but in the stock market. And he said the number one difference is he doesn't use leverage, so he can't get liquidated, and he never gets scared out of an investment from headlines. So it sounds ridiculously simple that the most profitable man on the planet uses those two things when he's making trades. But I'd like to hear your thoughts. Do you believe we'll see an 83 cent XRP? And how do you feel about Waters Above comments stating that 99% of crypto wants unrealistic price targets?
3: Well, absolutely. The reality is, I agree with them 100%. Um, been consistent about that. Never thought we would see 589. That's just crazy. But I know people believe it and, and they're going to believe it and they're going to hate us for saying it. But no, I've always thought that, I think it was us who talked about on this show and saying that, Hey, even after the lawsuit, we'll probably see about a dollar, 70 cents to a dollar. And there you go. He's saying the same thing. So I totally agree with his numbers. Um, and then I think somewhere along the line, when when we're down a few years, maybe we see a five to $10 price. I think it's realistic, but uh, Hey, just want to say, shout out to our man Mario over there. I see him in the background and, uh, (laughs) Wonder well, if Mario has any comments back yeah. there. How are you doing, Mario? Can I? He's can not allowed to speak.
4: He's in
2: punishment it. this morning, guys.
3: This wow. is just what I mean. You did a timeout. Oh, Mario's a timeout. Okay, that if makes I sense.
4: could add something <laughs> real quick about Waters, you know, he he has made a lot of money trading XRP, and I know that we're not all traders, but when it comes to knowing the in and outs of how the charts move with this uh, with this asset, right, with XRP, he has been spot on, right. Um, The last time, like during the bull run, he called like he was de-risking at $1.30 when people were tearing him up, saying that he Mm. was crazy, that he was stupid. He sold the top, right? And he de-risked, and then now he got back in. So um, I think there's something to be said um, about how he understands the flow of how XRP moves on the price charts. And he's been very, very successful um, at trading it now, if you're just the kind of person where you're going to accumulate and you're going to hold it for five to 10 years, that's great. But there is an opportunity if you understand how the asset moves to make a lot of money and then maybe become financially free. But yeah, like, w- like what he's saying, right? We need it, we need to get hold of a get above 54 cents. And then from there, it's actually 60 cents. Once we break 60 cents. It's a short trip up to like that 80, 83 cent level. And then you know how XRP moves. You'll get a huge candle wick up that can break us into that $90, $10 area and then it'll come right back down. That's how it moves.
2: Absolutely, Gonzo. And we're looking at the XRP price chart right now. And one of the most significant quotes that I've heard from Waters Above is XRP is not a holder's coin or a hodler's coin. It's actually much better to be used as a trader's coin. And when we look at the price chart, what typically happens is when we go into a bull market, the price gets much higher than people are anticipating. You can see it right here. We went from about 17 cents to a $1.90 in only about 60 days. And what catches my attention about this chart is that that actually ended up being the peak of our bull run for 2022. And we are yet to re- revisit those ranges. But ironically enough, check this out. We've got the 63 cent price target showing up on my screen, and Gonzo brought it up himself. After this XRP lawsuit, people are talking about this is a great candle right here. People are talking about a God candle coming in for XRP. And those are the narratives that we're trying to avoid on our channel. What we're really trying to focus on is if we get to a dollar, we get to a dollar 10 that's a great time to evaluate where your bag is and if you should be taking profits. But guys, even on this Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is, we got 261 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Andrew, one of our listeners commented, did you not get the message? It's bring your spouse to work day because we all did the same. But guys, we're actually going to go into our next article for today as eToro adding payments to Twitter is not even the biggest news. We've also got the London Stock Exchange announced that it will be trading Bitcoin futures and options in the future. Well, Johnny Crypto, this gives them the green light to short the market. So I'd love to hear what it means to you, and then we'll kick it to Andrew and Gonzo. How do you feel about the London Stock Exchange allowing institutions to short the crypto market?
3: Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, I never like futures, and I never like all this option trading because it really allows a lot of manipulation to happen. But it's just how the markets are set up. And uh, I guess maybe a precursor would be nice if we can actually just get a BTC ETF here in the U.S. Um, And I'm not sure in London if they actually have a BTC uh, ETF or not. But this certainly creates an opportunity for putting more long-term pressure, downward pressure on Bitcoin over time. So we'll have to see how that plays out. I'm not a huge big futures trader, but I know that they use it all the time to manipulate pricing and primarily to go down.
4: It's like Francisco said. yeah, I was, it's the same thing. Mark Yusko has told us that, you know, that, and he's much smarter than us when it comes to like investing in these kind of things, that the whole point of creating a, any type of futures product is so that you can short it, right, and then bring the price down. And when you look at like Bitcoin and where we thought we were going to go in 2022 and how we ended up not going there, you know, you you could see a tie in there with with the futures ETF and how they were shorting it, right? And then you've got the whole, like, kind of FTX and SBF thing and all the manipulation that he was doing with the crypto market. And maybe we should have gone higher, but there was a lot of manipulation that was going on. So it'll be really interesting in the next bull run uh, because we don't have SBF and FTX around manipulating the market to see how high we can actually go.
3: Actually – that might not be true. I just saw, yeah, there it is, yeah. right? Is this the article? Well, uh, no, yeah. Oh, FTX, they're gonna bring FTX might back. be coming back. I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't bring it back. Would you
4: guys trust FTX? I mean, think about it. Like, let's say that uh, yeah, it's that. under new management, right? But if they brought that back, is there anyone here or in the chat, would you would you trust using FTX to trade or hold any of your crypto? I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I didn't mess with it before, and I wouldn't mess with it now, but I don't know about you guys. Yeah, give us, us a trust. In-
3: Give us a one in the chat if you would trust FTX and a two if you don't trust
2: FTX, if they were to come back from the dead. And the big news out of today for FTX is Bankrupt FTX recovered $7.3 billion in assets and is considering relaunching their exchange in Q2 of 2023. Well, Andrew Cashflow, I got to get an answer from you. Who do you trust more, the homeless man outside the building or Sam Bankman-Fried with your FTX crypto? <clears throat>
5: It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and and even I mean, FTX get the possibility to to come back, and all other uh, exchanges are sued uh, one after the other. I mean, this is totally the world upside down. And you know, however, if I see those stories about uh, about uh, uh, futures and shorting, this is also a way about how to uh, yeah how crypto will be adopted. And and what I see is. Uh, if you can't beat them which is crypto join them and that's that's what will happen and maybe with, with manipulative instruments the uh, crypto will be joined by those major uh, players but but still the more attention we get for crypto and the more the more major companies say okay I want to be in the better it is and also uh, uh, regulation must follow but you know Every time we were making small steps in the, in the right direction.
3: Hey, Abs, so one thing I just want to chime in there is I don't believe when they do, if they do relaunch that Sam Bank Freeman's is going to be running it, right? He's out of the company, so he's not going to be a piece of it. But if they actually relaunched it and they kept the same name, FTX, I mean, that would just be, in my opinion, retarded. Why would you keep a name of something that was so toxic to the industry and then you're going to bring it back? It just, to me, that's a really, really, it's not good for crypto. And I would not want to see FTX out there running under the same name again, because, again, then it's just going to continue to prolong how bad crypto is. And now FTX is out there. They're going to say, oh, they took people's money and then they let them come back again. It's just a bad, bad overall narrative and a bad
2: thing for crypto. So I I hope it doesn't happen. Johnny Crypto, some interesting news out of Miami. I remember that FTX named or partnered with the Miami Sports Arena and they named the basketball arena for the Miami Heat, the FTX Arena. Well, I have a friend who lives in Miami and he was sitting courtside the other day. Guys, the plastic cups they still use at the arena are FTX plastic cups. They say FTX on them when they give you your beers. So I think it's really interesting. Although they've moved away from the marketing, there's still some plastic cups left in the building to be used. But guys, we got yeah.
3: That's what about an FTX coin is worth right now, a plastic cup. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh,
2: right. I'd keep the cup. I'd honestly keep the cup. But guys, we got 270 live listeners joining us. Thank you for being here. Show us some love and smash that like button. There's two more quick articles I'd love to go over for you guys. Number one is that eToro is now adding crypto payments, but Digital Asset Investor pointed out a great line within this article. It says that eToro has a USA securities insurance and is a broker-dealer registered in the United States. Well, if they're a broker-dealer... Why would they be afraid of listing an unregistered security? As right after the lawsuit in December of 2020, eToro suspends XRP trading in the U.S. So I'd just like to get some brief comments here. And I have two.
5: Whoops. Cashflow, I'd love to start with you. Um, eToro, when I remember right, eToro is a stock exchange normally. And, and what, what, what we will see is that more and more stock exchanges see that, that they need to uh, yeah, also to adopt crypto. And there, what I already said many times before, uh, people—it is difficult for people to hold crypto. However, if you join the 3T Warrior Academy, and we will teach you exactly how to do it. But also, this is a proof of adoption of crypto, and we are going into the into the right direction. Johnny Crypto, does it make
2: you a little bit alarmed that eToro clearly has conflicting narratives over here? If XRP was considered a security, they have the license to sell it on their exchange. So what the hell was really happening back in 2020 when they got nervous and delisted XRP?
3: You know, that's a great question. I don't know the, the, the dynamics behind what they had the capability to sell back then in 2020. they had the capability to sell securities. But, you know, I guess whenever the SEC comes after something, Everybody just feels the right thing to do is just get away from it, right? It's like a hot potato. Everybody wants to stay away from it. And that's pretty much what you saw for the most part once the SEC suit came out. Everybody dropped out. Kraken held on the longest. They, w- they stayed on an extra month or two, and then they eventually caved to the pressure. And pretty much the only guys left in the U.S. that continued to sell it was Uphold, I believe. Uh, legally and then bit true as well, but yeah, it was one of those things where I think, hey, we got waters above
2: in the house. So shout out to Waters Above. We just went over your tweet, so ironically enough, you'd love to go back and check it out. Thank you so much for commenting on the stream. Yeah, and by the way, guys, he will be coming back on the show. We got him
3: scheduled for for uh, sometime in May on my calendar in front of me. But so be on the lookout for that. We will have Waters on the show again soon uh, in early May. But yeah, Abs. At the end of the day, you know, I can't really speak to why Etoro did what they did other than the fact that it was fear out of the sec finding some reason to come after them
4: you know what's funny about that whole like narrative with the sec abs like gary Mm. gensler's always telling people that it's the wild wild west that people don't Mm. want to come in compliance but in reality these companies don't want to cross the sec they want to be in compliance right these are legitimate companies that want to be in compliance but that can't because there's no path forward so yeah shout out to my boy waters
2: Absolutely. Shout out to Waters. And guys, we got two more videos to play. Both of them are brief. We're going to start off with this John Deaton update. About 25 seconds here. Here we go.
0: Settlement is just between two parties and doesn't have any precedential effect on other tokens. If she, Ripple's already indicated, if they lose, they're appealing to the Second Circuit. And then, of course, it could go to the Supreme Court. And that's when you would get what's called the Ripple test that arguably could replace the Howey test It wouldn't replace it. It would just be the Ripple test applied to digital assets, so to speak.
2: And that seems to be the best-case scenario for XRP investors out there, Johnny. John Deaton broke it down. If the SEC wins this lawsuit and Ripple appeals and then wins in the appellate court, that's actually best-case scenario. So it's a rocky road to get there. I'd love to get responses from you and Gonzo, and then we'll kick it to cash flow.
3: Well, actually, I wouldn't say that's the best case for Ripple. That's the best case for crypto
2: because then it sets a new Ripple test for everybody.
3: The best case you could argue for Ripple would be that they settle because then they have clarity and nobody else does if they want to, you know, crush the competition or not have any competition, then you'll get a settlement. And that would actually be the best case scenario from a Ripple perspective. But from a crypto perspective, we would certainly want to see an appellate court make a ruling. But as as I said, after we talked to Jordan and we learned more, no, not Jordan, uh, <laughs> Jeremy Hogan, we learned that. If that happens, the SEC loses their bite, their power. So, therefore, I don't think we're going to see an appellate. I don't think we're getting there ever. If Ripple wins this case outright, that'll be the end, and it's never going to get to that level that John Deaton just explained where it goes up high enough where it becomes the Ripple test. It's just going to be a case that's been settled with some precedent, and other um, companies or that get sued by the SEC could potentially look to this case if the facts are similar. Otherwise, that's all it's ever going to be. But if it goes up higher,
2: that's where there's danger, and I don't think the SEC is going to let it go that far.
4: Well, yeah. if there's any bullish
2: sentiment from the market, Gonzo, check this out. As Jim Cramer told people to sold their crypto at this red dot right here, and what's happened since then, nothing but bullish price oh, action. I, I wish I had my Rat
3: Weasel. This is where we need the Rat Snake Weasel index apps That's where we – hey, look who we got in the house. We got CJV back Ooh, here. Here go. together
1: are oh, there love love together
3: is in the air. again.
4: Love is in the air. <laughs> That's it. Love pose. is in
3: the air, brother. But, um, uh, abs, no surprise there. This is what Kramer does. He tell and guys, it's so simple.
4: It was a great call, too. If you look, like that was a great call, <laughs> that you, was a good time to get in if, right there.
3: Yeah, if you just listen to it's us, great and call. Do the opposite of what Kramer says, you're always going to make a
2: shit ton of money. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely, Johnny. And we only got a couple minutes left in the show, but I do want to close it out with this very interesting video. This is talking about, there was a tweet yesterday from the Stellar organization that said, it's time to stop talking about utility and it's time to demonstrate that value. Well, here's a really interesting quote from um, uh, Bloomberg Crypto yesterday. It's about five second clip speaks for itself. Here we go. The fact
0: is the utility actually has to demonstrate value outside of the investment use case. The fact is the utility actually has to demonstrate value outside of the investment use case.
2: And this is really interesting because everyone has been talking about how Stellar doesn't actually have that much utility. This is one of the things that's been going on in crypto Twitter. But when you look at the connections and you look at who's involved with this blockchain, they've got some of the best use cases in the works. So just to close out today's episode, guys, how do you feel about that brief video? of
5: You know, what's important always is utility, utility behind the coin. It's everything. And we know, and we talk in this channel also a lot about XRP. Um, Just made made a a quick guide how to buy XRP. I know for people in the US, it is difficult to buy XRP. I found actually a very easy way to buy XRP. Open an Exodus wallet, send some USDT or USDC, and buy your XRP in your Exodus wallet. Do it there, and it is immediately stored in your your self-custody wallet. So you're ready to go. You don't need an account on Uphold anymore. And you can also, if you want to take profit, you can sell it there and then send your, uh, your USDC or USDT back to Coinbase, for example, move it there to dollars and move your profits to your bank account. You know, and that's why we're here. We're here to make money. And Abs,
3: I totally agree with her that utility outside of the investment case makes, makes 100% sense. That's what's going to drive the sustainability of these technologies and the ones that are going to survive. The ones that don't, you know, there's going to be a shit ton of speculative plays in crypto. We know that. In fact, you really see more money made on the speculative side of any business versus its actual real income. If you look at, you know, Amazon, for example, its speculative play early on, it it ran up pretty high and then dropped down and then took 20 years to get to $3,300. So it doesn't happen quickly overnight. You're always better off taking some profits in the speculative stage, which, by the way, that's where all crypto is right now. If you think crypto is full blown utility, it's not. It's really, really early, and so that means there's going to be some more speculative pump and dumps, and there's going to be huge opportunities to make money. That's why you got to have an exit plan. You got to know how to take the emotion out of the game, and we're going to be talking about that tomorrow at the at this uh, Freedom Conference. So if you haven't signed up and got tickets, and I think we're all sold out of tickets, right? I think we're, but there still is the virtual available. Come and check that out. We're going to be talking about that and many, many other things. You're going to get to hear from all these wonderful, beautiful faces here. So if you haven't signed up, there's still a little time. you got about 24
2: hours left. So do that, and I believe the link is below, right, Abs? Absolutely, Johnny Crypto. And we got 289 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Thank you for being here, and smash that like button. We're closing this show out with an update from the Twitter news this morning. Twitter users will soon be able to buy crypto through their application with over 450 million users on Twitter it could become the largest brokerage in partnership with etoro for reference binance only has about 90 million users and this also means that twitter will have wallets and users can send each other payments one negative that could come out of this whole process is kycing your social media account still this is bullish news for crypto as other social media platforms are likely to follow and of course elon musk is leading the way so andrew cashlow some closing comments here how do you feel about twitter adding crypto payments one last details. one last detail for you. We showed an interesting chart a couple of weeks ago on the show where 14 million people every week were signing into their Binance account in Coinbase in America. That number is only 20,000 people. So in my head, I'm thinking this could be massive for American adoption when it comes to crypto assets. What does it mean to you,
5: Andrew? you know uh i i love elo and what he's doing and, and with his twitter he i love what he's doing i think twitter will be in future will be uh, will be uh, the the competitor of wechat and that he has big plans with 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 his twitter and uh yeah you know he's a genius and the more crypto he is able to sell there via his uh his his, his uh, twitter account or twitter uh platform the better however don't indeed don't underestimate Binance because Binance is so big you know and I from Europe I have all the way possibilities to enter uh, my Binance account they have almost all crypto and I really feel sorry for people in US and maybe this uh uh yeah yeah this gives some more exposure to different crypto coins to 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 use them but uh, yeah we are on uh we're on the right base and uh hooray for uh for Elon Hey, Abs, think about this. You talked about Twitter doing KYC.
3: Guess what? Twitter already does KYC. If you got a blue check mark, you've already pretty much been KYC'd. And, and a lot of people for 8 bucks a month or whatever they charge is, are doing it. So I don't think that's going to be – that's a very low barrier that, that's not going to stop anybody. If you think about what he's doing, it's brilliant. He bought this Twitter, which really he bought for the data because it's, it's all about data. But now – Merging it with a payment system, bringing crypto, and it makes it very easy later on. You'll have a Twitter wallet, right, which has all your crypto. And now that becomes very, very easy to facilitate transactions in crypto. So it's actually, in a way, it almost feels like he's helping to try and grow crypto in the space where we know the government is trying to choke it right now. It'd be very interesting to see how that plays out. But good, good, you know, kudos to Elon for that one. I think that's actually a good thing to help kind of keep crypto going, keep the momentum going for crypto.
2: Awesome. And Gonzo, did you have any additional comments or we're going to close it out with this last story about Bitcoin?
4: Um, No, you know, just real quick. uh, I just want to talk about ETH real quick of that. Is that cool? Yeah. So, you know, we had the Shanghai upgrade and it it ended up being just like what we thought, a big nothing. If you look at statistically speaking on what's happening, um, you know, you have some ETH that's being unstaked, but there's a lot of ETH that's actually being staked like we thought. The biggest, um, Section of ETH being unstaked is Kraken because of what happened with the lawsuit. So that's a big section of it. But what a lot of the validators Mm. are doing is they're leaving the 32 Ethereum in place. And what they're claiming is just their rewards, Mm. which makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're going to claim your rewards. Maybe you sell those rewards or maybe you even restake them and create a new node. Mm. But ultimately, when you look at the statistics, it's just Kraken that's been unstaking big volumes. But that's because of the SEC lawsuit. They had to. Right, because everyone has to get back their Ethereum because that's part of the settlement. But, um, and then this morning we broke 2000. So, all that narrative about that it was going to crash the price and all that stuff, it, it just didn't happen.
2: Andrew Cashel actually broke that down earlier in the week that Ethereum investors could be incentivized to not only keep their Ethereum staked, but actually add to that because now it's liquid staking. So, it's a great opportunity for many investors out there. And the last tweet that I wanted to read for our episode today is this Bitcoin warning from the Digital Asset Investor. And before I do that, we got 288 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for making time for us this morning. This was an impromptu episode. So if it does seem a little bit different, that's because it is. So warning, pay attention, said Digital Asset Investor. Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it, said Winston Churchill. Fun fact, Warren Buffett, warned about the dot-com bubble in 1999, and he was laughed at by the new upstart millionaires in their Lamborghinis. In 2000, it all collapsed. Fun fact, right now he's warning about Bitcoin. And fact, the feds know who Satoshi is and have continued to let the world think they don't. Why? CNBC showed Buffett's dot-com warnings in 1999, and they're showing Bitcoin warnings now. Bitcoin feels like the setup of all setups. Who really wins if Bitcoin collapses? The government. They would hold it up as its failure for the reason decentralization didn't work and the reason that CBDCs need to be globally adopted. I think that's a great paragraph. I think it's a great realistic approach. Johnny, just love to get some thoughts from you. Gonzo, and we'll close it
4: out.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't have my sheet with me today, but if I did, I'd be pulling it up right now. That's the narrative we told you was going to be said over and over and over until they're blue in the face. Crypto is bad. CBDC is good. And that's, again, just continues to push that. That that,
2: that narrative is going to get pushed until everybody's swallowing CBDC's apps. I really do, yeah. Gonzo. I just want to preface this. I do think the best thing that could happen for centralized currencies is collapsing Bitcoin for the reason that they promoted it as this gift from God. There's no developer we can identify who created this product. And now none of the original founders are even existing or operating here. So this is truly what decentralization is all about. If they're able to collapse it, by warning, we're hearing many warnings. We're hearing it from the Fed. We're hearing it from Warren Buffett. We're hearing it from Charlie Munger. Now, I know these guys are dinosaurs, but it's like dwarf, it's like digital asset investor says right here. History often repeats, and Warren Buffett, he's been here for a lot of history. So, Gonzo, I'd like to hear your thoughts.
4: Yeah, you know, this just feels like some of the, uh, you know, I, I wasn't around for the, the previous bear market, but, you know, I studied a lot of the history, and this just feels more of the, like, you know, Bitcoin going to zero, right? And back, you know, in, uh, you know, 2013, 2016, whatever that was, you know, there was a real chance that people were unsure if, you know, Bitcoin was going to zero, right? But in the end, at Uh the end of the day, like Johnny loves to say is Bitcoin keeps doing what Bitcoin does, right? Mm -hmm. They could say all they want about uh, it's zero. They don't know who the developers are, the government this, the CIA that. The four-year cycles are still live and well. Bitcoin keeps doing what it's doing. Uh, And until that changes, then I'm going to continue to believe in it. Right. Until I see something different, then I'm just going to continue to believe that the four year cycles are live and well and Bitcoin runs the market. Right. It's the energy of the market. As Bitcoin goes, the rest of the market goes until one of them steps forward to break away. Right. Whether that's XRP, ETH or whatever that might be, uh, Bitcoin still runs the market.
2: And Dan Pena, somebody who looks just like Warren Buffett, is claiming not only does he know who is behind Bitcoin, he claims it would make you sick to your stomach if you knew the truth. You know
0: who's behind Bitcoin? Putin. It's a Ruski conspiracy to fuck up the American economy in the world. It's a long range plan he started seven, eight years ago. He's going to see the demise of the Western financial world while he's still the head of
2: Russia. That I agree with. And I'd actually like to get some thoughts from you guys here. I mean, anybody who doesn't know who Dan Payne is, I feel like I should preface this. He is called the $50 billion man, and he actually changed his name now to the trillion dollar man. What he's known for is financial coaching. He has a castle in Europe. You can pay $25,000. You fly out to his castle. He does a bunch of personalized coaching and many millionaires. It's not one of those BS things oh, you pay for private coaching, you come home, you're the same individual. Many millionaires and even billionaires have come out of this man's academy. So he does have a reputable source. I'd just like to get some thoughts from you guys. Don't even address if it's Putin. We don't really need to focus on that. Whoops, sorry, I hit the mute button there. But do you believe that we are entering a situation where we could see Bitcoin collapse in order to promote CBDCs?
1: Go ahead.
3: Well, I'm sorry, you know... That's a very interesting narrative there. I'm not so sure, you know, with, with Bitcoin being really, probably really one of the most decentralized cryptos in the world. I'm not so sure that they're going to, that's a hard one to take down. I mean, they can buy it all, manipulate it, and that's probably what's going to happen. But you just see so much momentum around Bitcoin. And it's not just rich guys like Sailor buying it. You've got nations buying it. El Salvador is buying it. There's a few other nations, the third world that are buying it as well and using it as currency. So I don't necessarily believe Bitcoin is. I don't think Bitcoin is going to zero. I don't think Bitcoin is going away. And I think they'd be foolish picking Bitcoin. I think they're going to attack the entire crypto market instead and make that give that the black eye. Um, I do believe Bitcoin is going to survive because humans are going to want an alternative system around the CBDC. And I think it's going to, for that reason, I think it will survive, but time, yeah. time will tell.
4: How would they even like bring it down, right? Because right. you got to you, you gotta think about it. It's, it's the most visible he crypto that, of that we have.
2: He his lips and he out of it.
4: <laughs> it's the most visible crypto that we have. And so it's been out there and people have tried to hack it and it's been unhackable. So it'd be interesting. You know, I asked, I talked to Mark Yusko one time about uh about like this whole thing about um it being hacked and and the technology behind it is the reason there can't be a back door is because of what he called air gaps and i'm not a tech guy but what i do know is it's been around the longest and people have tried and so far they've failed it's been unhackable right it's been the most steady thing that we've seen so anything is possible in the matrix that's why we tell you to diversify and don't be all in right? The the Bitcoin maxis would be absolutely devastated, but we're diversified. So if it goes to zero, it goes to zero. Then I just lose a couple grand because it's not uh, all of my portfolio. It's just a piece of my portfolio. And I have, like Donnie likes to say, multiple horses in the race.
2: Shout out to Becky Ann. I know she's out here in Arizona, so if you can check us down, I would love to see you. But, guys, we got 310 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close this episode out with not just this handsome face but a beautiful update from the Ripple right, XRP so lawsuit. The
1: initial statement is correct. Is it has no effect on any other pieces in the space, right? So if Ripple settles with the SEC, it has absolutely no effect on – the SEC's next lawsuit against another crypto company. So in a, in a sense, it's good for Ripple, but a settlement between the SEC and Ripple is bad for crypto. Correct. Because in the past, remember, every lawsuit that the SEC has brought in the past against these companies, no one has really been able to put up a fight. I mean, Library put up a fight, but they only had like a million dollars to fight SEC, which in a legal world is not a lot of money. Ripple's put $100 million into fighting the SEC. And the facts for Ripple are pretty good, better than for most crypto projects. So this is the case where the SEC could be, be, their you know what they're doing could be put to an end with the Ripple case because that will then be the end of the SEC being able to make some of these arguments they've been making in the past.
2: Did you hear that, Johnny? He said this could be the end of the SEC being able to make many of the arguments they've made in the past. And what I take that as, does the SECs not have a green light to go out and enforce their actions against crypto once many of these are labeled commodities or digital assets or something other than security? I would like to put the remainder of the 90 seconds to end the show, David. did you guys have any additional comments? No, I mean that's that's what we've been saying here is when the ruling
3: is made that's then gonna set precedent where other attorneys, whenever the SEC comes and sues them again, if the facts are similar, if they try to sue for the same kind of whole thing of a security thing they can point to this case and that is going to take, like right now ripple can't point to any case and say, Hey, you ruled like this in that case. And so we're going to apply that Ripple's setting the standard for what that's going to look like going forward. And that's what Jeremy was trying to say is library had a million bucks, right? That's going to buy you about like in legal dollars in time. That's like maybe two weeks of legal service and you're <laughs> out of money. Right. Cause a freaking attorneys charges the hundreds of thousands of dollars. But, when you can spend $100 million, okay, now you can, you can, you can really truly fight this thing and, and set a precedent that then could be used by other companies that are going to get sued too. So basically, yeah, it's going to take away the SEC's power if they lose this thing. And that's why, you know to me, at some point, it makes sense for the SEC to settle. No other outcome makes sense other than for them to settle. If they settle, not only do they get a big payday because Brad will be happy to pay, as long as they say it's not a security they also can continue to attack everybody like a, like a like a dog they can bite anybody they want and they still have full they have their teeth in place so it just is mind boggling mind boggling to me that they haven't settled makes no sense other than the fact that there's a bigger agenda
4: yeah like because if they um if they end up settling then it'll be up to each kind of company to do their own lawsuit and they can refer back to the Ripple case in their lawsuit, but everyone's going to have to do their own fight as opposed to it going, like you guys said, to an appellate court where it becomes actually something that's binding or case law right. that all the judges are going to look at.
2: Right. Absolutely, guys. And we'll play the end of this clip and then end the episode. Here we go.
1: So if Ripple settles, all of that money for the crypto case is wasted. Now they would have to do what's in the and best interest so bad. of the company But at the same time, it's not going to have any effect as far as the other, you know, as far as crypto in general. If the judge rules and ripples favor, I do not think you're not muted to appeal. And the reason. (laughs) I am so sorry, guys. This mute button is
2: absolutely killing me this morning. I do want to apologize. We got 305 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Honestly. This wasn't a news channel. This was the comedy update this morning, but I'm super excited. Somebody commented, I didn't realize my mic was unmuted. So I'm sorry for updating you on that. I had to go to the bathroom. But guys, we're going to end this show off right now by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Super G. And thank you to the Node Defender, a.k.a. the Mute, right next to me. We got 328 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Oh, Becky and comment yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the bloopers, The bloopers were interesting. And it's just like I said, Johnny. He's not allowed to talk. But we're going to end this show yeah. off the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Play the music. Let's go. Go to the bathroom.